minute and this close to you. <laughs> Hi guys. Hi. All right. So happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. I know we're doing a we're doing a bonus session today. We posted um, our episode on narcissism yesterday, which um, seemed to be a big hit with a lot of people. There's a lot of those little fellers floating there around are, out there. There are. <laughs> so, um, but we wanted to do a bonus live episode today um, because it's something that both of us have experienced. Um, are experiencing. Are experiencing. Yeah. <laughs> At this point in our lives. And so, um, it, we're talking about anxiety. So tell me what, because you really wanted to talk about this today. I so did, tell me what's know, going on. What's so going started, on, yeah, so Let I me started, play therapist. <laughs> so I was in the shower, kind of milling around, and then all of a sudden I was doing a dissertation. So I guess I feel very passionate about this topic. Mm -hmm. Because when people say that word, they almost say it like it's like, you're a yeah. problem. Like, yeah. oh, you're, you're just anxious. Right. And the insinuation is that I want to be anxious. Right. And I think that's... That, or that you're making it up. Yeah, that, that I'm like choosing to go down, I could go down peace road, but I'd rather go down anxiety road instead. Right. And I think, so what I want to do is a shout out to everybody, to doctors, nurses, mental health providers, people that are on the front lines with individuals that are going through anxiety, even teachers, you know, my daughter's at college. When I went to talk to somebody at her school, they said the number one issue that they deal with campus-wide, 52,000 students, number one issue, anxiety. anxiety. Number one, they've got more meditations, more therapists, more therapy groups, mindfulness, yoga, exercise. It's all geared towards getting these kids off the ledge because they're all so anxious. So what do you think that is? Why? Well, it's, it's a pressure cooker environment. Anytime mm -hmm. we're in an environment where it's a competitive environment, number one, it's competitive. We want to do our best. Mm -hmm. Number two, there's no schleps there. Like everybody's doing their best and right. they're super smart. Number three, where's mommy and daddy? I just left them four, six, 10 hours of plane ride away mm -hmm. and I'm on my own. So I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know my new environment. New environments cause anxiety. Mm -hmm. I'm competing with people that are better than me, mm -hmm. right? They're not this, I'm not a big fish in a small, small pond, pond anymore. Yeah. So I think it's a lot of things, but as a 46 year old, oh, that's the first time I had to say that. I just turned that. <laughs> God, I don't like that. Happy belated birthday. Ooh, that's a big number. As a 46 year old woman sitting here today, I know that I've encountered significant anxiety in the last year due to hormones, due to physical situations, physical health. And so I have even more compassion. I think I've always been pretty compassionate. I've always dealt with a low level, thanks mom, of <laughs> inherited anxiety. But I felt like I managed it really well. And then I got into a situation where health made my anxiety go up. And I had a cardiology appointment last week and I just wanted to kiss him because he looked at me and he said, you know, I hope you never let anybody ever tell you that you're just anxious. He said, when your heart races, it creates anxiety and that is biochemical. So the thing about anxiety is it's the biochemistry is a racing heart, shortness of breath, tightness in your chest, and the- So it feels like you're having a heart attack. Feels like you're having a heart attack. And then the emotional is your brain is saying mm -hmm. really scary things. Mm -hmm. So which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Most times we don't know, but this I will promise you to just be able to stop it 
Yeah. Just stop it, Suzanne. You can't. I mean, it when you're in, easy. when you're in that, and I've been in that, when you're drowning in your crazy thoughts, like trying to get out of that is yes. so, so difficult. So difficult. Right. Why is it so difficult? Because the anxiety, this little fluffy word that we throw around, the anxiety is biochemical. It increases your heart rate. It tightens your chest. It shortens your breathing. And your brain, the chemicals that flood your system, tell your brain to focus on the worst case scenarios. It's just like depression. Depression will take someone like me and you who are pretty bubbly most times, and it'll say things like, I just hope I cross the center line and run right into a car. I don't really want to be here anymore. And then we'll be like, what? what? But your brain <laughs> right. will say stuff like that. So the same brain that sends you a negative message when you have a depression is the anxious brain will send you a, well, you know, it could be this. Yeah. It could be a heart attack. Yeah. It could be, yeah, it could be menopause or it could be a stroke. And then you start spinning. I remember when I was pregnant, and this goes to the hormones, that I was, so, I mean, I was beside myself mm -hmm. and I could not get myself out of it. And I couldn't, I had trouble sleeping. I had to go to the doctor to get to help to get something to sleep. Yeah. They, they prescribed me Ambien when I was pregnant yeah. because I could not sleep and I was so anxious. But yeah. that goes back to the hormones. Right. So is it more is it worse for women? Do women suffer from it more? I see I see so much or more. Or are anxiety. we just more open about it, you know? You know, I could say both, but I can tell you I that damn M word <laughs> menopause. I see yeah. so many people who have been fine. So that's the other thing. My other shout out to you doctors and nurses and people that are like, Ugh, she's so anxious. If you're thirty five and saying that, be nice. Yeah. Because when you're 55, I have so many people in my life that are 55 that are in these panic attack cycles. Mm -hmm. They've never had panic in their whole life. They don't worry about anything. But now because of the hormone shift, they're in panic, they're in anxiety, and they're really struggling. And of course, they're trying to talk to people and people are saying, you just need to Get stop over thinking it. about that. Yeah. And you need to, why would you be so worried? Your heart's fine. Why are you worried about a heart attack? Right. I can't help it. Mm -hmm. Right, so it's a lot, a lot of women. But Jessica and Jessica says I suffer from really bad anxiety so much that it's turned into agoraphobia. It's the yes. worst. What's agoraphobia? Where you can't go outside? Yes, Jessica, my yeah. heart breaks for you. Yes, because what happens is everything outside is a stimulus so, of uh, driving my car. If you're anxious, you're pretty scared to go battle the amount of cars that are out there right now right. in season. So that dealing with cars, going to malls that are crowded, going mm. to the grocery store, there's tons of people. So then the anxiety translates to everything and it kind of takes over. And so, you know, definitely, well, we're going to talk Jessica about cures. We'll get there. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, that this is what it can turn into. Mm -hmm. If your head gets to run away with you, mm -hmm. which is what anxiety will do. It will run away with you and it will take you from, I'm a little nervous to get in my car to, I'm going to have a 12 car pile up on I-95. I can't. Yeah. And you will be it will feel believable. I can, because I feel there's such a wide range with this. Like for me, anxiety feels um, like too much of a heavy word. But for some people, anxiety is it doesn't even touch the surface as far as describing what they have to go through. For right? Jessica. For yeah. Jessica, absolutely. She's saying she hasn't been to Walmart in three um, years. She can't, can't drive, drive at all. all. I mean, it can be... I had a, an agoraphobic grandmother, so it runs in my genes. She did not leave. Great grandmother, I believe. Sorry, grandma. 
my, my grandmother was the opposite as a result of her mother. Right. My grandmother was like, get out of my way. But she, cause she grew up with a woman who couldn't leave the house, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's very real and it is, it is passed on generationally as well. Wow. It's very genetic. So. so how do you, so, so what are some of the tools you can, you can use? Because there's no magic bullet. I mean, I think that everyone's looking for, you know, this magic pill that you're going to take. And, you know, I know when I started having some issues and anxiety and went to see a therapist, you know, I really did not want to go on medication. You know, I really just wanted to see if I could try and solve it, you know, mm-hmm. through diet and, and, and exercise. Right. So, but I think it depends on how severe how your severe case it is. is. So before we jump there, which I want to get there, but I do want we would said difference between men and women. I really do want to shout out to the men because I think that women suffer more from this, but men do too. And I just want to just shout out to the men. Mm-hmm. When a man has a heart attack, it is so unraveling that they were fine one minute and not the next. Mm-hmm. When they do open heart surgery on a man, almost guarantee they're going to go into depression after. So for men, you know, health issues really create a lot of anxiety. Some of that retiring midlife stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, that might feel laughable, but to go from losing your position of who you are in the world to not knowing who you are. Mm-hmm. So men suffer from this too. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So just want to shout out to them that, you know, please listen to our show and, and these, the advice that we give will be helpful as well. So first things first, the most of us don't want to do medication. We're terrified of it. And I got to be honest, as a therapist, the anti-anxiety medications scare the crap out of me because some of them, like benzos are really addictive. So I really yeah. don't, I understand that's a healthy And I feel fear. like they, you know, I, I, I know this is maybe um, not accurate, but I've always felt like maybe they would change my personality and make, kind of, you know, numb me to the point where I wouldn't be the bubbly Suzanne that I normally am, right. you know? And I, I think don't that's see my, that so much, much, but people that are highly anxious, some people do very well on benzos and they take right. the same amount. And so please don't misunderstand me. If you're on a benzo and it's working for you, great. I just understand how people go from nothing to being on a benzo scares them to death. So I want to honor those people. But really, I don't see people changing personalities because anxiety changes your personality really. so much. You're not right. bubbly when you're having a panic attack. Yeah. So it takes that and it quiets it. But there's a new, um, and I am not a doctor, but I have somebody in my world that's amazing and she's a nurse practitioner and I know that one of the regimens that she uses lately is um, blood pressure medication and it's oh. really effective because think about it I actually have I suffer from high blood pressure so when you have high blood pressure then your heart races it can create the anxious feeling and then of course once you're once you're in the anxious feeling, then your thoughts do say, what's wrong with me? What's going yeah. on? And then you do get that spot, that thought, you know, the kinds of anxious thoughts. So a blood pressure med reduces your blood pressure, brings down your heart rate, which yeah. of course makes you feel calmer mm-hmm. so it can quiet that spin. And so that's what, you know, I know this certain doctor is using for a lot of her anxious patients mm-hmm. and it's, they're loving it because they can take it at night or whatever before bed where they can take a little half tablet if they start to feel anxious and it just drops everything down to normal levels, which then makes them able to use their cognitions to get the rest of things down. So medication is a very real option. Please, I don't, it's none of my business, Jessica. I don't know what your regimen has been. You may have tried everything, but if you are a person who's so afraid of medication. She says she's on metoprolol. Prolol for blood pressure, heart rate, which helps a lot. Okay, so that's what you're saying. Yes, so exactly, yeah. so definitely don't shy away from medications. The other thing, Jessica, and again, I am not a doctor, but 
if you're still having the agoraphobia and the blood pressure med is working a little bit, you might actually consider seeing a psychiatrist, someone who's an expert in this, and they might pair it with an antidepressant slash anti-anxiety medication, or like there's like Lexapro that's an antidepressant, but it also lowers anxiety. And I have found people that couldn't, didn't want to leave the house, dropped out of college, like couldn't function in the world, would go on a Lexapro or one of those kinds of medications, mm -hmm. and they're back in college, you know, in another state. And I'm saying, what? Wow. So the, some of these medications are powerful, and they mm -hmm. give people back their lives. Yes. So first line of defense, if you are somebody who cannot function, mm -hmm. please see a good psychiatrist, psychiatric nurse practitioner, um, you know, your doctor, your, your OBGYN might even be able to do this with you, but please look at that as a line of defense. The second thing is the, the route that you've taken. I know a lot of anxious people in my life. They swear by exercise. Swear, swear by, by it. it. I mean, I think it's different for everybody, but for me, like it is the only thing that can get me out of that that feeling like I'm drowning in yes. these thoughts. I mean, if I, if I could just go to yoga or if I get a really good sweat in, yeah. I mean, it's amazing how it totally takes me down. Well, it's chemicals. Yeah. You're taking a pill, you're going to an hour and a half of high impact aerobics, mm -hmm. your brain chemistry is releasing chemicals and it's the chemicals that are needed to reduce your anxiety. Yeah. So and I'm not the drugs. type of person that can sit there and, um, you know, and meditate if I'm having like a, if I'm, if I'm in a crazy place, <laughs> um, you know, and try to meditate, I can't put my, my brain won't go there. Yeah. Like my brain cannot quiet even with meditation. Like I have to totally tire out my body and then I can meditate and try to get myself in a, in a good space. And but. thank you for saying that because again, so many people are like, we stop thinking that you can't, can't. when you're in it, you can't. So no. that's why medication is a great thing. Cause you can take it the minute you put it in your mouth, things shift. Mm -hmm. Number two, high impact, um, exercise and or yoga. If yoga works for mm -hmm. you, um, wine, just kidding. <laughs> You have a severe anxiety disorder, don't do wine don't do every wine. day because then you have alcoholism too. Um. Don't listen to me, just so you know. <laughs> but do go to Chocolate, um, meditation, but again, if you're really, really out of your skull. The meditation um, doesn't work for me. You know what works for me? I mean, it sounds crazy, but comedy. Oh, okay. You know, we're in the age today where mm -hmm. we can put on... Saturday Night Live repeats. Mm -hmm. We can go and watch Dave Chappelle. You know, I've got, I just recently got Netflix. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm only 10 years behind the times. But it's so cool. We'll just turn on Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock or somebody who's funny. And I can sit right and that takes my head on a different journey. And it's usually positive and funny. And laughter also creates endorphins in your brain. Yeah. There's studies on that. So that meditation. And getting outside. Like I yeah. feel like, you know, when you're in that crazy place or you're, you're in a dark place, if you can just, you know, go out and take a walk or go to the beach, like just hop in your car, go to the beach and just walk along the beach. It really does kind of help get you out of that, that space. Definitely. And the biggest thing that I used when I had kind of mild anxiety and now that I've gotten older, I've realized, oh, it was mild. Because <laughs> this <laughs> is far crazy. worse. <laughs> right, so if you have mild anxiety or you see yourself heading down anxious road, mm -hmm. cognitive behavioral therapy is very, very helpful where you, for example, I use history as a barometer. Like if I'm having a spin about finances, oh, I'm gonna lose this or I'm not gonna be able, 
Well, when has that ever happened before? Right. Never. Okay. You're probably going to be okay. That kind of thing. Right. Hannah Thompson. Hi, Hi sweetheart. <laughs> um, spending time with friends, she's saying, really helps. Like yeah. being distracting yourself because it's true. Distracting your brain. That's where the TV can help me. Yeah, and Jessica says she watches sermons online. It keeps me calm down literally watch sermons to just be able to sleep every night oh. absolutely anything that's going to change so basically yeah. that she's doing exactly what i'm saying cognitive therapy is telling mm -hmm. your head a different message right. but when you can see that you're starting to go down that path telling yourself history using history as a barometer um just reassuring statements you know honoring that you have the anxiety and kind of like imagining because one thing that anxious people do is they fight it oh god i'm getting anxious oh my gosh i'm starting to get anxious oh my god i'm gonna have right. a panic oh my god and they and that just sets off their brain right. so one of the things we teach is aligning with it like oh here comes my anxiety right. yep does this about every day about 9 a.m here it comes here it comes it's fine it'll pass it's yeah. not going to kill me. It's yeah. going to come, and then I'm going to put it on a cloud, and it'll be here about 15 minutes, and then I... Well, that's so basically meditating, because that's what they tell you to do with your thoughts, yeah. you know, to not not fight them or yeah. just kind of let them pass, like like the ticker on, on Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. goes on by, you know, yeah. and you just, you look at it, you recognize it, and you just let it pass. Yeah, so aligning with it, owning it, embracing it, and then letting it go. Don't, what we resist, mm -hmm. persist. Persist. So don't fight it. And then, you know, if you can get into a place of just positive affirmation, so whatever the negative thought is, like money is always a trigger for me. It's just been that way my whole life because when you grow up without money, then there's always the fear that you're not going to have money. So I'll get a, you know, bill time or whatever. It's like, oh, I don't have enough. And then I try to combat it with, no, you always have enough. Right. It always works out. It always works out. Just positive affirmations that can kind of counteract that awfulizing. Mm -hmm. So when your brain starts awfulizing, you want to hit it back with something positive. Does does diet have anything to do? Oops, sorry. Does diet? I'm trying to go through these comments. Sorry. Why that does this keep doing this? Because there is no more. Oh, okay. Um. So sorry. Moving this around. Um. Does diet? Yes. Thank you. Yes, because I feel like diet can Ooh. really, like when I'm eating a lot of crap, like my anxiety just goes through the roof. Or can, if I'm drinking too much. Which... Well, I can challenge <laughs> anybody out there, everybody today, Google, Google it, folks. Sugar will put you over the edge. Sugar increases It's like kids. Anxiety. You see kids when they get, yeah. yeah. Well, because think about it. Sugar increases your heart rate. Sugar right gives you an energy bolt. So it's gonna increase your heart rate, it's gonna intensify everything, that increases anxiety. So I've, I've talked to people who've said, you know, when they're in their anxiety, they can't eat sugar at all, and if they stay away from sugar and exercise, they have no anxiety during those hormonal times. So definitely sugar, definitely if you have allergies, you know, uh, yeah. doing the thing that you're allergic to, mm -hmm. dairy for some people. Mm -hmm. But you know, try it out. For some people being gluten-free makes a huge difference. But definitely diet is critical. And of course, what is wine? Sugar. sugar. Yeah. So sugar, chocolate, alcohol is full, 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 full of, of um, sugar. Yeah. And the other- Caffeine. Oh. Really? The most anxious people in the world are walking around going, I don't know why yeah. I'm so anxious. I just had a Red Bull and I had two coffees. And sugar, caffeine will jack you through the roof. It increases That's your heart funny. rate. It increases everything. So you will be, for anxious people, no, no caffeine. Don't tell me it will kill you. I haven't had it for a year. I want to kill people some days. But. <laughs> you know, well, it, my co-anchor, Eric Roby, he stopped. He only does one oh. cup a day. Ooh. 
Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Because he would, you know. He was getting crazy he, on it. He was getting it. a little crazy, he said. Yeah. And it's made a huge difference. Huge difference. Yeah. Huge. Instead it, of five cups, <laughs> just one cup, you know. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you something crazy and everybody's going to argue with me, but here's the deal. Well, here's what you do when you do sugar and caffeine. Mm -hmm. You wake up in the morning, you're like, oh my God, I'm so tired, right? Yeah. So you have your coffee with your hazelnuts. You've got right. your sugar jolt and your caffeine. And, and then you, you grab feel, a bagel, right, which is which, more sugar. More sugar. <laughs> right. And you feel, you feel like, okay, I can do the day. You feel a little jolt and you feel good. What happens around 1, 2 o'clock? After lunch, you're like, oh my uh, God, I'm I need a dying. Nap. Yeah. I need another coffee. You go, you get your Coca-Cola, you get your coffee, you pair your sugar and your caffeine. You feel great. 4 o'clock. I cannot get to five o'clock. You're right. doing this all day. Right. Guess what, folks? When I wake up and I do my water and my food and whatever, the only difference in my day is when my blood sugar is low and I need food. Right. There are no other dips, really. Right. When my body is processing my food, maybe at two o'clock, like everybody kind of feels a little like, oh, I feel a little tired because mm -hmm. my body's processing a big lunch. But there are no dips. Yeah. Right. I really so you're, believe. So you're doing it to yourself. Yeah. I really believe that Ashley. people that people don't log me a little late. Hi, Ashley. Um, I really believe that people don't put enough emphasis on food, on what they eat. The chemicals change everything. It changes the caffeine, everything. It changes the your sugar. All it of it. Changes. It, it changes everything. It changes your mood. Yeah. It changes your outlook on things. It changes yes. your anxiety. Exactly. I mean, it really does. It makes a huge difference. And I, I owe Ashley an apology because I should have texted you and told you that we were going live. So I'm glad that you just jumped if on I here. I didn't remember Ashley. I would have texted. You. <laughs> She's <a> better. <laughs> She's better at this than I am. So, but yeah. Um, so, caffeine. Puts you on the roller coaster and you're mm -hmm. chasing this thing all day long. What I want people to understand, because not many people are going to just go off because it's so hard to go off. What I want you to understand, having been off for over a year, I don't have lulls. I don't have the dips. And, yeah. you know, if I didn't get, it's very simple, if I didn't get some good sleep last night, I'm going to have a rougher day mm -hmm. staying awake. But I'm telling you most, if I get that eight or seven hours or whatever, most days I'm pretty even and I know that I need to eat because I start to dip a little bit and that's mm -hmm. just my blood sugar getting a little low. Mm -hmm. And then once I stabilize my blood sugar, I'm fine all day long. You know, a normal reasonable amount of time from 6.30 in the morning till probably 10 o'clock at night. Now at 10 o'clock at night, I'm kind of tired. That's where we push ourselves, right? We're all like drinking Red Bulls at 10 so we can stay up even later. If you're listening to your body though, from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. is like, pretty good amount of time to be awake yeah you know so starting to wind down at that time is probably healthy but you will if you the thing about it is, is you will not crave it either so I know you feel like I'm gonna get the worst headache it's all temporary you will not I don't crave it anymore I do I would love hazelnut you know there's certain mm -hmm. sugary things that I miss but I don't crave it I don't feel like I don't think about it most days I really have to be honest you know it's something else that I do that really makes a huge difference in my anxiety is um, is to take to journal I mean I journal a lot but 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 if you're having one of those crazy moments mm -hmm. where you are in you know full-on panic mode and you're really you, your fear is at a, a really high level just get a piece of paper and write down and ask yourself what am I afraid of what am I afraid of and just let yourself write like don't edit yourself yeah. I mean I'm telling you just stuff will pop up that you'll be like I'm afraid of that I mean, it does, mm -hmm. and you look back at it, and it's so, it helps you so much to see it on paper, mm -hmm. and it has a sort of opposite effect that it will 
kind of calm your mind a little bit because you're, you're writing it down on paper and you're looking at it going, I can't even believe that that's something that I'm afraid of, but it really is an eye opener and it lets you kind of take a step back and say, you know what, I'm okay. Well, you know what you're doing, Suzanne, which is so cool, is you're activating your left brain. So left brain is logic, mm -hmm. you know, making sense of things and detail and that kind of thing. Your right brain is creativity. Your right brain is emotion. So what happens is when you're in that anxiety and panic, you're in that right brain, which is wonderful, but it's not at that moment because you're creating these horrible scenarios. Yes, and, and the, the scenarios events, are crazy. Right? crazy. <laughs> so you're in your right brain. And so one of the things that there's a lot of hype out there right now about kind of funny anxious story that I'll share in a second but there's a lot of hype about left brain and right brain and being able to move between them mm -hmm. so I love what you just said is what you said is when you're over here in their emotions and everything's mm -hmm. like big picture and nothing's detailed nothing's logic you pull out a pen and paper mm -hmm. you activate your left brain you're making a list of things your left brain's like let's look at this logically mm -hmm. and then you're able to look at it with a new pair of eyes what I'm scared of what right. that's crazy yeah. which you need that logic to pull right. you out of some of that anxiety mm -hmm. and so there's a book um, called um, oh gosh stroke of insight my stroke of insight there's a woman that is um, she does a TED talk on it she has a book on it I have not been able to witness or read either because <laughs> I am anxious and in her talk I will warn you she is a neurologist she is a doctor who had a stroke and she witnessed her stroke through her doctor eyes the whole time wow and then she wrote about the experience because when she had a stroke mm -hmm. she couldn't her left brain was damaged she had to live in her right brain in wow. her creativity and her emotions and right. as a doctor most doctors are very, very logical left, yeah, very left brain. so she writes this I'm hearing it's an incredible book about how to move between the two sides mm -hmm. so the point is is so funny I, I watched a couple minutes of the video and I was so anxious because stroke is scary when you have high blood pressure that's a something that can be scary to you we have somebody at the studio that had that right mm -hmm. and so we're I'm highlighted by that and I'm like it's real it happens to people and wonderful people yeah so it's really scary so my heart rate doubled in the first three minutes of the video I had to turn it off and, and look at meditation but this right left brain thing is something that's really powerful so I love that you highlighted that drinking water I'm told will get you out of an emotional state doing something tangible and logical so maybe even to go do your laundry when you're feeling anxious go into your yeah. garage and start moving stuff and start organizing because the left brain is not where that anxiety is gonna live it's gonna live in the right brain right. so that is a great great insight and so be careful if you're really really anxious and you're watching that stroke of insight but apparently there's a book and maybe you can skip those first scary chapters and then read about the left and the right brain it'd be helpful yeah um that's Ashley good. says such a helpful topic meditation has been the answer for me daily calm yes yeah we talked about meditation Jill says I get very anxious because of the weather thunderstorms and driving in them okay hmm, interesting Let's, so so little side note um, that we've talked about in many of the videos but everybody that knows me knows that I am the biggest fan of EMDR so what you're describing Jill is that you're probably having like anxiety connected to a trauma maybe if you've ever been in a car accident or thunderstorms trigger your you know something traumatic or you know somebody was in an accident yeah. so please know that EMDR is a great option because in one or two sessions you can remove 
whatever traumatic event is making you afraid to drive because I had an accident in the rain and so I was afraid but I've had it removed with EMDR I can drive all day long in the rain and so, EMDR is almost like hypnosis a little bit sort of I mean, it's along that strand it's yeah. nothing to be scary of it's, no. it's nothing um you know it's all just but it's a little more intense than talk therapy yeah it's yeah. talk therapy but it's adding it's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing and basically they can use their fingers or they can do tapping but basically it accesses the subconscious brain where the trauma exists maybe it was a car accident or a hurricane that you mm -hmm. lived through I yeah. saw that with you know our girl at the news studio that had so much trauma from. Yeah. yeah so it's like when that stuff gets triggered then you struggle so the EMDR will remove those triggers so that the rain will come and you won't have a problem at all you just yeah. be driving right along so yeah Jill you said, thank you she could <laughs> she couldn't, said she couldn't read, read the that book, book either. either oh my gosh really? I know. now I want to read it what's the book called my stroke of insight Oh, and okay. so in the first few chapters, she highlights her stroke and what she was feeling and what she was experiencing and all of that. And then she talks about what she learned about the right brain versus the left brain and how we can use the left brain, just like you're saying, yeah. when you're anxious to go do laundry or to do your journaling and right. do activate your left brain will quiet your right brain. Mm -hmm. And, but more importantly, what she talks about is how to get out of that rigidity, how to get out of that like you know legal side and get into your feelings and looking at the rainbow and right. breathing and meditating and having that side of you so yeah you're so welcome Joe. do you find that anxious people are more like I feel um, I have a hard time sitting still I'm always having to be doing something yes. is that is that sort of a side effect of anxiety or is I, that just my craziness <laughs> I think, well, you have caught to the fact that you're ADD. Yes. So I would change it. It's not ADD. You're ADHD. Attention deficit hyperactive. And if you're hyperactive, your heart's a little faster, you move a little more, and you kind of have an engine going. Mm -hmm. And so ADHD and ADD people tend to be very anxious, especially because the engine's going. So when you sit, it's like the car wants to go. Yeah, like, where are we going? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what are we like, doing? Let's do something. Sure there's something doing? to be doing around here. <laughs> so it's yeah. harder to reel that in. And, yeah. and it's so funny if you read, like, I have a 20-question ADD assessment, mm -hmm. and one of the things talks about anxiety is what happens when we are not attached to a person or a project. If you're ADHD oh, so if you're not involved in a task that's taking your brain right. or you're not involved in a conversation with a person you're gonna feel that vibration it's gonna be anxiety oh wow that's really eye-opening yeah. okay yeah cuz that's when I get it yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I'm not working on something yeah. or... so that's so great that Dealing. you are gravitating towards yoga yeah. which is teaching you to quiet that, that motor a little bit yeah but you're never gonna be able to quiet completely right. which is fine it's just right. brain chemistry but the beach or swimming or yoga these mm -hmm. are some things that can quiet the engine a little bit and that is your task if you're ADHD is to learn to quiet that engine a little bit on your own right you know okay well that was a really eye-opening hi, 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 hi Krista Krista's my Pilates teacher Lori's my friend <laughs> so we're towards the tail end of our talk and anxiety here if you guys have any questions or um, comments please leave a comment below so let's and, review for some of the people that yes. have just joined us so we all know what anxiety is if you're a woman you know what it is <laughs> but true. some of the you know um, antidotes to it one don't be afraid of medication, and they are using uh, anti. 
And I just want to yeah. say, you don't have to be on medication for the rest of your life. No. It might just get you through whatever trouble you're going through at that moment. Well, the right? neat thing is, too, for a lot of these medications, you only take them when you're anxious. Yeah. You know, even the blood pressure meds, um, I know that they can be used. Some of them, like, again, mm -hmm. I am not a doctor, so speak to a doctor. doctor yeah. But, you know, some medications, let me just say it that way. Don't need to be sued. Some <laughs> medications you can just take when you're anxious and the, they get you over the hump and then right. you move on, you do your exercise, your meditation, and you're right. fine. So please do check into medications um, and blood pressure medications might be a venue that your doctor could use that may not be the same as a benzo because a lot of people are afraid of benzos. Um, exercise changes your brain chemistry and reduces anxiety. And a lot of times if you exercise on Tuesday, you'll have the whole benefits the whole day Wednesday. So that's, I see that happen a lot with yeah. people and that's really neat. I mean, like I went to yoga this morning and it, I feel so calm. Like I feel, and I've had stuff going on all day long and yeah. I feel completely calm. Yeah. It's it, amazing. It, it's amazing what it does. It changes. When I yeah. go for, I mean, I, you know, anybody that knows me knows I'm not an exercise guru, but my thing, especially with the health issues this year has been a 30 minute walk. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you, I benefit for three days when I do a 30 minute walk. Mm -hmm. My blood sugars are lower. My blood pressure is lower. I feel better. I feel calmer. My anxiety's in check. And then if I don't do it, you know, on the third day, then I'm back in that cycle. So yeah. exercise is huge. Meditation is huge. If you can get your anxiety, if it's lower where you can focus on your cognitions, check what you're telling yourself. That's one of the first things that I used to do. When I start to feel anxious, I say, what did I just tell myself? Mm -hmm. And it usually was something awful. Like, you know, you're never going to, you're never going to make any money. You're always going to struggle or something right. horrible. You go, well, of course I'm anxious right now. So do look at your, what you're telling yourself because you need to not awfulize and send yourself scary thoughts. With that said, as we discussed, when you have high anxiety, you're going to have a difficulty changing those thoughts. So what I love that Suzanne brought up, change from your left brain, from your right brain, which is feelings, to your left brain. Go do something. Write journal. Go to the beach. Go to yoga switching your laundry around go you know fold a pile of laundry because you're going to use your logical brain for that and it might quiet some of your anxiety rachel wants to know the best therapy for someone with ptsd she says emdr did not work she says it freaked me out more <laughs> gosh Ugh. oh you know um there is something when i hear the word it freaked me out more what my brain goes to as a therapist is there's probably trauma in your background, which a lot of us have trauma. So I've heard of something recently, I'm not an expert, but I just hear things in the field. I've heard of something recently called brain mapping, which is like supposedly makes EMDR look like don't waste your time. So brain mapping is supposed to be hugely effective and make a huge difference what for is that? anxiety. You'd have to research it. It's, yeah. it's, you know, there are certain people that are trained in it. Mm -hmm. It probably, um, is a little more like biofeedback type mm -hmm. thing, but it's not chemicals, it's none of that. Right. Um, it's just kind of next level EMDR, but this is what I'm hearing lately that for people that have a lot of trauma, it really is making a huge difference for them. It's mm -hmm. kind of next level EMDR. So it's, in my opinion, it's newer. Mm -hmm. I don't know a lot about it, but I'm hearing that that's what people are having some success with. So, yeah. so check into it. And there's people in the gardens area. Yeah, that do and just it. so you know, EMDR is really supposed to freak you out. I mean, it, it, you're going to that not. I don't want to say freak you out, but you're going to a place that's, um, that, you know, that you don't normally go to. Well, the, so, yeah, you know, that's a great point. Not everybody is the same EMDR specialist. So right. if you went to one EMDR I'm specialist, that doesn't mean that the next person that does EMDR, you're going to have the same results because mm -hmm. I can, I can tell you, you know, the person that I go to as the best of the best, I think, and 
Um, I don't think that I would have the same reaction with other people. And I think even my friends that are clinicians, when they're really honest, and I think they would be, some of them haven't done enough of it, don't do it enough. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not experts. They've been trained. They love it. It's helpful, but it's not always as effective. Whereas my other friend, who's amazing, I send everybody to him because it's effective almost 100% of the time. This is what he does. He's done it for years. He's highly trained. He's highly effective. Yeah, so, and that goes back to finding the right therapist, which was our episode last, last week. week yes. um, Rachel, I don't know if you want to take a look at that, but we kind of talk about, you know, not every therapist is created equal, so it's right. possible you just didn't get the right fit for you. But it does feel like trauma when it somebody's does. like, it, it feels freaks oh, me out. Well, yeah. no, no, I'm saying EMDR. <laughs> don't listen to Suzanne right now. Like, <laughs> She's like, EMDR was traumatizing. <laughs> no. no you, what it was traumatizing for me too, no, Rachel. <laughs> right. Here's the thing that, I'll tell you though, here's the thing that's fascinating. If you do, you know, anything, I bet your first therapy session was kind of exhausting yeah. and stressful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anything, the, you know what's traumatizing for me? The gym, yoga. <laughs> I like, love the gym. You know what I mean? Like the first time you go, oh my God, I can't move the next day. But after six weeks, I'm kind of loving it. Right. EMDR is a little like that. It, yeah. it's, it takes a little bit of time. time. But man, I, my fifth and sixth session is like, whoa, life altering. Yeah. So don't. Try not to be so gun shy, yeah. or try somebody else who moves a little slower, or check into the brain mapping. Because I, I can tell you, you know, like you said, not everybody's created equal, and there's people that are really talented with this, you know. Yeah. But it can, it does delve into your subconscious brain, so I'm sure scary stuff can come up. But again, when you're saying that, like, I don't experience it that way because it's taken away so fast when it comes up yeah you know what I mean it's so funny that you say that because when I go to yoga and people come to yoga for their first time and they're always like oh my gosh that was awful I was and I'm like no you have to go back and you have to give it another try or maybe it's not the right kind of yoga for you you know so I think yes that's yeah. fair to say that maybe you didn't find the right the right yeah. specialist um hi okay. Justin what hi Justin we, what else <laughs> did we talk about um, diet, yes. exercise, diet, medication. Yeah, so diet was another thing Suzanne brought up that was excellent. Caffeine. Don't do not talk to me about your anxiety if you're drinking Red Bull. I'm sorry, I can't. Right. If yeah. you're drinking four cups of coffee a day, don't talk to me about your anxiety because it's huge. It's huge. It's, yeah. huge. it's increasing your heart rate. It's you have to get off the caffeine and you really need to take an honest look at the sugar if you are having a lot yeah, of anxiety. Yeah, I probably need to get off the caffeine. Rachel says she was. Well, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Santiago. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking I'm about. I'm still in time for the couch auction. That's funny. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah, so definitely, yeah. So trauma, again, is what you're referring to. So trauma is going to definitely make a big difference in anxiety and we're going to carry it with us. There's another uh, book called the body keeps score. That's a big thing right now. A lot of clinicians and I think brain mapping is working along those lines that, yeah. of the body keeps score. That's another great book. And it just talks about if you're getting beat up as a kid and you're going through a lot trauma wise, your body keeps score. So then when you're an adult, you're going to be anxious. You might have depression. You're going to deal with all that stuff. So making that mind body connection is really imperative. All right, perfect. Um, make sure you leave your comments. You can also, um, if you have any ideas for, um, for our future episodes, make sure you leave us a message. And uh, the biggest compliment is to share our videos and yes. to like our videos. So thank you all very much and thanks for watching and we'll see you back here next week. Have a great right, day, take bye. Care. bye.